remains to be clarified. Look at the second source on the sheet. It has the following. In the, this is a pasuk in Beres sheet. It has the following odd comment. It says, "Vayitzer Hashem Elokim min Hadamah." Now you know that the ancients were very uh, concerned about the words that are used uh, to denote creation. Denote creation, right? The Kabbalists call them Abia, Aleph, Bet, Yud, Ayin, right? Aleph, Bet, Yud, Ayin. Because each one of those letters stands for another word that was used in uh, creation. So one of the words that's used in creation is uh, to create something is Vayitzer. In fact, man was created with that verb. And, and the way they saw it, the way they saw it was that using words was of great importance because that's how God created the world. God said, let there be light, but those were words. And the words turned into a reality. So the words that we, that we used, uh, one of the words that was used is Vayitzer, the Yud of Alabet Yud Ayin. So Vayitzer, Hashem Elokim Min Hadama, God created from the from earth. Chayata Sadeh and Kol Ofa Shamaim, the animals of the field, I guess wild animals. Ofa uh, Shamaim, the birds that fly around in heaven. Vayavei El Adam. And he brought them all to man. All they brought them all to man. Lirot Mayikralo to see what they should be called. In other words, God created them, but they didn't have names. You couldn't talk about them. It was some kind of uh, odd thing. I, I, if you can't talk about something, then it doesn't exist. I guess. This is a problem that philosophers dealt with in, the re- in recent times. But it, it makes sense, like, you know, if you can't talk about something, it makes some sort of sense. You can't talk about something, you can't communicate something about an elephant. So there's no elephant, you can't designate it, you can't speak about it. So God brought the animals to Adam Rishon, right? That Adam, the Rod Ma'ikralo, we call Asher Yikralo HaAdam, Nevesh Chayahu Shemo. And everything that man called it uh, became its name. I guess that's what it means. Pasuk Kaf Adam Shemot That God created a man gave them all names. He gave them all names. After he gave them names, you could, you could talk about them, right? Without, like if you didn't know it was called an elephant, so you could never communicate about the, about it. If you wanted to say something about the elephant, what would you say? Uh, so, so this somehow, these psukim are an added definition to the place of man in the created world. First of all, you could say, as some have said, that this is an act of completion. There is this idea that, that the world was created and certain things were not exactly finished. Not quite finished, but it was given over to man uh, to finish them. There was some kind of unfinished nature to the world, which was going to be so. So this idea, I mean, like, why did God, why did God uh, uh, not give names to the to these creatures? Why weren't they created with names? Well, because man was supposed to participate and make these things make these things happen. Okay. Uh, that's what it says in the parish of Breshit. Now, in the parish of Noach, there's another story. There's another story, and that story is the first 
thing on the sheet. Uh, Dvarim Achadim means Echad. They, they all spoke, the people in the world, after the creation, all spoke the same language. It was the language of creation. It was the language of creation. Dvarim Achadim. Dvarim Achadim. Rashi says, you see the Rashi, Dvarim Achadim, Ba'u Be'etzah Achat. That's Dvarim Achadim, things of oneness. Things of oneness, Dvarim Achadim. Then the Pasuk Bet says, Vayhi bin Asami Kedem. A Kedem is the East. When they came, the people came from the East. What's in the East? Could be Gan Eden. Could be Gan Eden. But it doesn't say. It doesn't say. Rashi says, even Asami Kedem, Shayu Yoshrim Sham, they would dwell there. Kedichtiv Limala, the Pasuk says, Vahimo Shavam Har Hakedem. When Asumi Sham, Latulahim Lakom, Lachaziket Kulam. So Rashi says they went away from that place because they needed space. Below Matsu Ela. Shinar. The only place they could live in was a place called Shinar. We call that Babel. But Shinar and Babel are, are the same, at least for us. So again, the Pasuk says, For some reason, they left Kedem, the east, and they were looking for room, you know, room. Uh, they found a valley in the land of in the land of Shinar, which is Babel. So they said to each other, they were talking about what should they do. I mean, obviously, the, none of these people had a job. So they had, like, uh, they, they were looking for something to do. Uh, so what was the decision? Like, what was it that they decided they wanted to do? He said, so uh, uh, that's in Pasuk Dalet. Look at Pasuk Dalet. And, and all these people are speaking to each other. Right? They're all speaking to each other. That means they all understand each other. They all understand. I mean, even though they have different lineages, they have different parents and grandparents, uh, but they're all, uh, they're all somehow together. They're all together. Let's build a city. And in that city, we're going to build a tower. And the tower will reach up to heaven. Shame. Naselanu shame. Again. Hashem told told Adam Harishon to give the animals and whatever else is in the world a name. Well, I don't know anything about the nations of the world, but here we see that they were interested in also having a name. Naselanu shame could mean will become famous, will become special. But the words themselves are about a name. So these people, these people who are not, I guess, Adam Arishon, will will see that later, and whoever his family was, they wanted to become, to get a name. Right? Rosh Hashabbat Nasei Lanoshem. Pen nafutz al penei kol ha'aris. Nafutz. It will kind of get blown up, like the word pizza in modern Hebrew will, will will spread out. It will blow up and be spread out over the whole world. And so they had this, they had this idea, they had this idea that they didn't, they didn't want to be separated. They they wanted to stay together for some reason. For some reason, they came from the east, 
and they came more to the West, and they wanted to be together. They wanted to have some sort of shame that would be common to all these people. And then, Pasuk Vayom HaShem Ein Am Echad V'Safa Echad L'Kulam V'Zeh HaChilam La'asot Ata Lo Yivatzer Mehem Kol Asher Yazmu La'asot Shem Echad, God said, Ein Am Echad V'Safa Echad They speak one language, all these people. This is the cause of the problem. The cause of the problem, they come up with this crazy idea that they want to build a tower that goes up to heaven. And why do they want to build a tower that goes up to heaven? Because, here, because they wanted to, uh, Chazal say, they wanted to uh, cut off the rakia that separated the world that we know from the world of God. And they said, why should we be relegated, why should we be relegated to the lower world? We could take part in the higher world. And all we have to do is build a tower. All we have to do is get there somehow, get a ladder, get up to the higher world. And so HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, according to the Pasuk, Pasuk Vav, this is the problem. They all speak the same language. They all speak the same. Because they speak the same language, they can get together and come up with this crazy idea that they're going to go up <coughs> to heaven. It's definitely a crazy idea. Or today, from our point of view, that's what got them involved in all of this. All these things, like they'll, they're going to be able to do it. They, you know, we're, we're like nervous about the achievement of people who want to get to heaven and become on a par with the heavenly angels or the uh, or whatever is in heaven except for God. Pasuk Vav. Pasuk Vav Hava Neirda. Let's go down. Right? This word, this verb Neirda, Yarad, is sometimes used in connection to God's appearing in the world. It happened with Yaakov Avinu. Neirda. Ve. We're going to solve this problem. Here we are, we, we, like you go to shul, like if you go to America, you go to shul, and so there's a rabbi. You can't have a shul without a rabbi. That's only in Israel. But in America, you can't have a shoe without a rabbi because who's going to turn out the lights? So you have a rabbi. So the rabbi gets up, and what does he say? Shalom, peace, we've got to get together, we've got to be friendly, we've got to be happy with each other. That's what he says. It doesn't matter what happened last week. Terrible things could have happened. He's still going to say, we've got to be peaceful, we've got to be happy, we've got to be together. And here, HaKadosh Baruch in heaven identifies the problem in the world as being friendly. They're friendly. I mean, how can we put up with a world where people are friendly? So there is a solution to the friendliness, and the solution to friendliness is we'll mix up the languages. They won't be able to talk to each other. If you can't talk to each other, it's going to make it more difficult It'll make it more difficult to be friendly. You know, like if everybody, so, so not everybody can get out of a lack of knowledge of a language, right? When you meet up with somebody, it's not so easy. It's difficult. Everybody knows, everybody who came on Aliyah knows that it, uh, it's difficult. Difficult to give up the language that you learned when you were a child and let a different language take over. It's very difficult. 
So that's what that's what Hava near near their dab and even Lesham Svatam Asheloyishvu Isvatreel. This is what happened. This is a turning point in world history, according to according to uh, uh, the Chumash. The turning point in world history was we went from a state where we all understood each other. We knew what we were saying. So if we said, let's go build a tower, let's take over heaven, let's become part of the higher, the higher world and not just have to be relegated to staying down here where we are. So that was what, so the Bilbel at Svatam produced a great change in the world. The second time that this great change was produced, at least according to the Rambam, the second time was when the Jews came back from Bovel to Eretz Yisrael. They came back from Bovel, led, not led, but more or less with Ezra. That's the name that most people associated, associate with what is called today Shivat Zion. Yes? Shivat Zion, the Jews came back from Bovel, the, 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 the rulership passed over to the Persians from the Babylonians, and the Persian king Cyrus, Koresh, he said, let the Jews go back, it'll be good for us, us Persians. We'll be able to raise the money, we'll be able to, uh, to keep them under control. I mean, that was always a problem in the old days. It remains a problem today. Like nobody knows how much having control over Afghanistan really matters. So you could disagree about you could disagree about that. So the Ramam says, the Ramam says he wants to explain why there was a change in the world. That if you read the Tanakh, you read the Tanakh, everybody davens, everybody can turn to God and daven and complain and argue, and talk, right, it, up to Shivat Zion, right, the books of Shivat Zion are Chagai, Zechariah, Malachi, those are the last prophetic works, and Treyasar, Treyasar means they are short, they are relatively short books, Chagai, Zechariah, Malachi are the prophets of the return to Zion, at that time, somehow, the Anche Knesset Agdola, I mean, I'm not making it a movie. I'm just telling you highlights. The Anche Knesset Agdola created Shmona Esrei. So the Rambam says, the Rambam asked, why do they have to create Shmona Esrei? In the Tanakh, everybody davens. They don't use the same words to daven. You feel a need, you want to have a connection. You, you daven. It's like, it's like a, a natural thing. It's a natural thing that people who believe in God would turn to God for help and support. That's what, that's what uh, uh, the Rambam thinks. That's what the Rambam thinks. So why did the Anshi Knesset Agdola, the men of the great assembly, why did they make Shemona Esrei? So the Rambam has a reason, has a rationale. His rationale is when the Jews came back from from Babylonia, it was really under the aegis of the Persians, but but they had spent the exile time under the Babylonian, under the Babylonian leadership. So when they came back from Babylonia, they realized that they didn't know how to speak Hebrew too well. They had become kind of uh, illiterate. They become illiterate. They weren't able to daven because they couldn't get the words out. They couldn't get words out. You know, I don't know what it has to do, but you know the halacha, the Mishnah says, asks this question: If you don't know Hebrew, you don't know Hebrew, can you daven in a vernacular, which I think means a different language, right? So, so. Uh, I know under that there's somebody. <laughs> it, it, it was an entrance. Out there. My hearing is on. I can't. Yeah, I know what you mean. So, so uh, the p, the p, the uh, 
I mentioned this several times. The Mishnah says that if you could dab it in Hebrew, if you don't understand the words, you should dab it in Hebrew. If you could say the words, because the words contain mysteries and 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 uh, different things. That, so you should say you should say we've gotten so involved with that with that idea that uh, if you had to dab in an extra extra time, so most people would suggest you just read Tehillim. It doesn't matter what the Tehillim are about. It became, it's like a kind of a contest. You know, see how many Prokim of Tehillim you can say. That, that's called davening. Even though uh, the, the, the Tehillim are often difficult, it's often difficult to know what the Tehillim are talking about. But that's a different, a different matter. So the Rambam says when they came back from Persia, Babylon, Persia, they were not able to daven in Hebrew. They weren't able, but everything they davened came out as a mixture. They kept putting in words that had nothing to do with, uh, with Hebrew. And so the Ansheik Zetzel Agdola wrote uh, a text of Shmon uh, Esrei that everybody could, everybody could use. Everybody could use. So these are the two times in Jewish history, in Jewish history, when the knowledge of a language, the knowledge of language became very, very, uh, very, very important. Now you know that uh, the last pasuk, last pasuk, Rashi says, uh, the pasuk says, Al Kenkarashma Bavel, Kisham Balal Hashem, Svat Kol Haaretz, Umisham Hefisam. That's why. They are called Bavel. The word Bavel is very similar to the word Balal, even though Bavel is Bet, Bet, Lamed, and Balal is Bet, Lamed, Lamed, but still, it sounds almost the same. The two words sound almost the same if you say them quickly, right? Balal Hashem, what? Which means to confuse, it's very similar, similar sound. Yeah, well, there's another word in Hebrew, another form called bilbel, yeah. right? Leval bel. Leval bel means to confuse. And it's, it's, a, it's a four-pronged shoresh, like, you know, if you still know what a shoresh is. Bet lamed, bet lamed. There are shoreshim like that in Hebrew. But there are, you could argue that it's an expansion of a three-letter uh, uh, shoresh. And then you don't know if it's bet lamed lamed or bet bet lamed, but it could be both. In different situations, it could be both. But that's what the pasuk says. The pasuk says that God called it bavel, kisham balal Hashem svat kol haaretz, so misham efisam Hashem al pnei kol haaretz. So, so you have these two moments in history, right? Bavel, bavel in Parshat Noach. And the Rambam's understanding of how Shmona Esri came to be, came to be that and they they both say that the the lack of of knowledge of language, the inability to express yourself, was a kind of a tikkun. I mean, in Migdal Bavel, it fixed something. It made it impossible for the world to act in the way they acted at that time. And, and that was good. It wasn't exactly a punishment, but it was a refinement of the creation, right? The creation was, should have been done with, uh, the creation should have been finished by God, but it really wasn't finished here in Migdal Bavel. It became finished when the different languages for the different groups became part of reality. That was finished, then it, then it was finished. So I would like to, um, uh, if you turn the page, I think, if you turn the page, right? Uh, uh, so, so, so I'll stop with that. We'll, we'll go to a slightly different topic. You know that Hebrew is called Lashon HaKodesh. Lashon, ha- Lashon HaKodesh. But it's not in the Chumash. Right? It's not in the Chumash that, or in the Tanakh. Those two, those two words together, but they appear in the Mishnah, in Sota, towards the end of Mishnayot of Sota. They appear, they're Lashon HaKodesh. 
But what does that mean? What does Lashon HaKodesh mean? So there are two sources that you have to, you have to know. One is on the second page, the second side, he says, the Pesach in Shemot, Perek Lamed, Pesach Yud Gimel, this is the amount that everybody should donate, you know, as they are counted. shekel hakodesh. Should I say that again? Machzita shekel. You give a half a shekel, and that's how you know how many Jews there are in the world. You count the number of half shekels, and you know. But what is b'shekel hakodesh? What is Shekel HaKodesh? He's, he's taking the Shekel out of his pocket. He may have like won it in a, in a one-armed bandit in Las Vegas. So what's a Shekel HaKodesh? What could that possibly be? But again, I didn't finish the sentence before. The Shekel, the, the Lashon HaKodesh appears in the Mishnah. Right? The Shekel HaKodesh appears in the Chumash. But what's a Shekel HaKodesh? What does that mean? So if you look at the Ramban, we look at the Ramban, right next to the Pasuk. Kavalo Moshe Rabbeinu Madbeah Kesev Yisrael. Moshe Rabbeinu somehow created a coin. Ki Melech He was a great king. He, Moshe Rabbeinu, was a great king. And he called that coin that he minted, he called it a shekel. Shekel is connected to the word mishkal. Wait, in those days, uh, the, the coins were actually at value, not like today. I mean, it, it was, it's just by imagination today. If you take a shekel and you buy bubblegum, like yet you're doing something. It's only because both the buyer and the seller imagine that they're getting something that you could do this. This is like a sign of uh, great achievement. It was a sign of great achievement, but it wasn't so long ago in our time. It wasn't so long ago that coins had real value. Even paper money had real value for a while. Like coins, they had gold coins and silver coins. That meant that you had gold and or silver in the coin so that if you'd melt it down and take it out, you'd get real value. Like if you take a shekel, an Israeli shekel, and you melt it, you don't get anything except a mess. But uh, I remember... I remember... uh, there's always a problem on uh, when we were looking for the machzita shekel, or you're looking for a pidyon a bed. You're looking before they took care of it, of course, in a in a certain way. You couldn't find you couldn't find coins. It was very hard to find coins that had value intrinsically, intrinsically, not just. Uh, so of course you know you could argue. Well, that's that's called value, and it doesn't have to be intrinsic, and you know. But I remember that paper money, there was a time when it had a, like a, a string of sil- silver in it. You could hold it up to the light that you see this like a, like a string in the paper money, which was the value, had the value of the paper money. Which, uh, you can only do this kind of thing, of course, if, if everything stays the same. You know, there's no inflation or deflation, or like, but we, we got we got to the point where we loved to have inflations, or the opposite. So they had to cut that out. So this is what he's talking about. He says, "Karam who shekel, shekel equals mishkal. Mishkal is weight. That the weight of the coin was always perfect." He says it doesn't have less than the proper weight, and it doesn't have any, it, you know, um, 
unnecessary uh, things in the coin itself, the sigim. He says, after all, we need to know. We, we have to get a proper coin for Pidyon Aben. We have to have a proper coin for other things. And everything connected to the Mishkan was also in Shekel. Uh, so he says that's what Shekel HaKodesh means so that the Ramban that the Ramban has taught us that they really are holy coins but they are only the coins that are used for holy purposes they're not the coins that are used regularly but the, so a coin can according to Ramban I guess can do both it can be a regular coin, and it could be a shekel hakodesh. What makes it a shekel hakodesh is what it's used for, the way you use it, not uh, not uh, how it's made. Not at least not according to the Ramban. The reason that the Chachamim call it lashon hakodesh shehu. So the Ramban says, why is it called Lashon HaKodesh in the words of Chazal? Why did Chazal call it Lashon HaKodesh? Because the Torah is written in that language and the Nevi'im spoke in that language and so it makes sense to call it Call it Lashon HaKodesh. This is Lashon HaKodesh. So that means that Lashon HaKodesh, Lashon HaKodesh was invented with Yitziat Mitzrayim. Because the Torah was invented with Yitziat Mitzrayim, actually. I mean, you can disagree. But let's not do it too violently. The Torah... The first mitzvah, Rashi, the first Rashi in the Torah is, how come the Torah didn't start from the first mitzvah? Because the Torah is a book of mitzvot. And Rashi is right. And he remains right. The first mitzvah is HaChodesh HaZelachem. The first mitzvah was about, about uh, uh, Kiddush HaChodesh. You know, the, the uh, sanctification of the new moon, Kiddush HaChodesh. And that took place right after Yitziat Mitzrayim. That was taught to the B'nai Yisrael. And even though the Torah, the Torah, the written Torah, was formulated over the, the 40 years in the desert, or the 38 years in the desert, it started, according to Rashi, it started with, um, uh, it, it started, it's, the Torah started with the first mitzvah that was given. It's true that the Torah of Breshit, of the words of Breshit, is very important. But Rashi himself says, Rashi says that it would be reasonable to put in the Torah of Mitzvot first. And there was just some extraordinary reason that we have the other part of the Torah starting off. But that we've talked about that. So that, that's what the Ramban says. That's what the Ramban says. He says, Kedusha... The word kedusha is a way of describing how the 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 words are, are are used, and if they're used for mitzvot and for Torah, then of course it makes sense to call them kadosh. The Rambam in the Mora Nevuchim disagrees. If you look at the uh, the Mora Nevuchim, you see on the on the first page, guide for the perplexed. Three eight, that's us. We're the perplexed. We could use a guide. So the Rambam, it's a very big book. The guide to the perplexed. It has a lot of covers, a lot of topics. And so, if you've never looked at it, I can't tell you whether you should look at it or you shouldn't look at it. But if you have looked at it in the past, you can look at it again. And this is what the Rambam says. You look at the second paragraph. Well, the first paragraph is also interesting, but the second paragraph. I have also a reason and cause for calling our language the holy language. 
Lashon Kadosh. Do not think it is exaggeration or error on my part. It is perfectly correct. The Hebrew language has no special name for the organ of generation in females or in males, nor for the act of generation itself, not for semen, not for secretion. The Hebrew has no original expression. I hope you're following this, unless you want me to translate it into Hebrew. (laughs) Uh, These things, and only describes them in figurative language and by way of hints, as if to indicate thereby that these things should not be mentioned and should therefore have no names. I'll say that again. And should therefore have no names. It was according to the Rambam. According to the Rambam, the, 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 uh, uh, the language that we use, the language that we speak, uh, is, filters out things that we shouldn't think about, that we shouldn't talk about. And we shouldn't, it, it, it is the language itself is tsanua. And that sniyut, that sniyut in the language is something that dominates, that dominates the language. And those things that are filtered out are things that should have no name, which to me connects back to Breshit. You see, it says that, that, Adam Harishon was charged with naming things, but it doesn't say how many things he named. He said Chayot and Behemot and Siporim that he named. But what didn't he name? What didn't he name? What words were not part of the language? So the Rambam says, all these things that I'm talking about have no names. We ought to be silent about them. And when we are compelled to mention them, we must manage to employ for that purpose some suitable expressions, although these are generally used in a different sense. And obviously sort of like have to be po- po- poetry. You know, to, to, uh, to write Shira Shirim, you have to be poetically inclined because a lot of words, a lot of words are missing. So... So if you go back to the first, uh, the first source on the page, by Yomru Havanim Nelanu Ir Migdal Roshoba Shemayim Vnaselanu Shame Pena Futsal Pene Kol Haaris Vnaselanu Shame. It became a topic. They wanted to have a name. They wanted to have a name, so there weren't enough names. Adam Arishon didn't give the world enough names. And they wanted more names. They wanted to be famous. They wanted to contradict divine authority. They wanted to do that and, and get a name for themselves. And get a name for, for themselves. So I just want to mention this. On, on Yantif. And Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur and Shemona Esrei, we say this phrase, V'romamtanu mikol halashonot. Romamtanu, you made us, you exalted us, you raised us, higher than all the other languages. Now the question, of course, what does that mean? I mean why, why is that in the tefillah? Why is that in the tefillah? Romamtanu mikol halashonot. Okay, I mean, after all, the Tvilah is written in Hebrew. So the Hebrew, as, as we have said, you know, the Hebrew of the Tvilah is uh, very significant. So when I asked, I asked my grandsons, who uh, happened to be at the table, and they're very clever. So I said to them, what does that mean, Ramatana Mikola Shodot? So they said, Lishonot means nations. The Shonot, people who have a, a language. So Romamtana, we're higher than all the Lishonot, so I said. So I asked them, I mean, how are they higher? And what's higher about us? Romamtana, we call the Shonot. So it seems to me, it seems to me that what that means is that the effect 
that Adab HaRishon had on creation remained through the story of Migdal Babel, of the building of the Tower of Babel. That means that, means that the Adab uh, HaRishon was not somehow part of this idea that we should build a tower that goes up to heaven. The other Marishon had nothing to do with that. And when it says in the Pasuk that they all went from the east, westward, that's not other Marishon. He just left Gadeden, but he was nearby. He was in that, that area, which is east of Eretz Canaan, right? east. But the rest of the people, they went to the west. And they tried to set up an independent kind of uh, authority west of Ganeden. Ganeden is something to do with the rivers, right? The, the, the Prat and the Chidekel. Those rivers designate somehow the, the boundaries of uh, Ganeden. So they're eastward. And these people went westward. And so you had what from Mekedem, that's where you get westward from from Kedem. Kedem. Yeah, Kedem is east. So Mekedem from the east, they were they went to the west. They from the east, they went to the west. So Ramamtano Mikol Alashanot means that the definition of Am Yisrael. I mean, of course, there's Avram, Yisrael, Yaakov, and Moshe, right? But the definition ultimately of Am Yisrael became Romam Tanumikol Adashonot because we were the only ones who maintained a connection. We maintained a connection to the world that Adam Arishon made, the world that God wanted or that God wanted us to be involved with. So that is Romam Tanumikol Adashonot. So we see, we see that, uh, that the language, language may be important maybe something worth uh, thinking about, uh, what, what Adam Arishon did, and what, what, the, what the others did, the idea of Lashon HaKodesh, which is connected to the Torah, which could only be written in Hebrew because we didn't participate in the Migdal Bavel. Otherwise, we'd be talking about other languages because we know that when we came back from Persia, to Eretz Yisrael, we had difficulty expressing ourselves, and therefore we couldn't daven. We couldn't get to the heart of it. We couldn't get to the, I mean, we could daven, but you couldn't daven really in a superior manner, and that's why the uh, uh, the uh, Shmoda Esrei was created, but still the people who wrote the Tefillah, the people who wrote the Shmoda Esrei of Yontiv, and, and uh, the Shmoda Esrei of uh, of Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, they said, you got to remember that. That's, that's real. That's who we are. If you remember who you are, you remember who you are, you're going to be able to daven. Be able to say, like, you know, what are you doing here? You know, I mean, that's a, that's a problem, a problem with davening, that uh, if somebody takes it seriously, he or she is in big trouble because, uh, like, what are you supposed to do? Like, how do you daven? How do you make it something instead of just being regular? Well, you know, not, not particularly uh, exciting. So this is all, this, the story of the Migdal Bavel is the story of Am Yisrael as re- relating to, to language, to Hebrew, to the language which became Lashon HaKodesh, either according to the Ramban, who said that Lashon HaKodesh means it had something to do with Kodesh, and according to the Rambam, it meant that we, we don't use that language for things that are not in the category of Kodesh, which we, we decide. Okay, have a good Shabbos. What about Rav What? Rav Oh, I'm sorry. I, I, I got the time wrong. I got the time wrong. There's, there's this, um, this thing, uh, just to show you how things develop and change, there's this source, Rav Cook.
Rav Kook wrote a book which was called Orot, right? And and it's got a lot of different topics in it. And and uh, as as is usual with Rav Kook, it's not always easy to know exactly what he's referring to. But he took up this uh, question of language. He took up the question of language, and he says he said in one of the places, Kolashon Novei Mashkafa Miuchedet Alha. There's a, you have a certain attitude to the reality of things, and that connects somehow to Lashon. According to the Rav Kook, Lashon Novea, it pours out. An attitude that can be described as Kodesh, Al Hamitziut Kula. Right, that you could see everything in the world as being Kodesh. He ha-hashkafah ha-Yisraelit. This is the Jewish position. The Jewish position that everything could be Kodesh. Everything. And that's kol ha-shon. V'zot This attitude, special, cholela et l'shon ha-evrit. This gave birth to Hebrew. It, it was, he has a different attitude. It's, it's not like the language is called Kodesh because it has a certain feature. The language is called Kodesh because we are the way we are. And so he says, he says, Shehi Bezot Ashkafam Yuchedet Cholelet Et Alashodayvrit. Shehi be'emet ha'safa kedosha. Harichuk be'ashkafa kedosha notel et ziv ha'safa. If you if you find that you are further away from sanctity, from the attitudes of sanctity, notel et ziv ha'safa. It takes away. It denies. It removes. The gloss, the sharpness, the, the, the light of the language. And even though somebody will come along, I mean, like he was probably talking about Ben Yehuda, and, and, and talk about how important it is to speak Hebrew and how important it is to be part of that world. He says, People are going to say you have to learn Hebrew, you have to talk Hebrew, and you know, and to a certain extent, they were successful. Shenirim hagunim, he says, that these arguments seem to be uh, reasonable, reasonable. Mikol makom betoch hamegama shel hachayim, right within the the purposefulness of life. Aponim achor lemiganat lemegimat hashkafa melea kodesh mistateret sham sina leruach hasafa. If you don't have that, if you're not concerned about sanctity, if you're not going to climb up that ladder to get to kodesh, so mistateret sham hidden therein sina hate. The spirit of of the language, which really is part of the essence of a language. Therefore, conclusion, language can be clarified, is clear. That, that language becomes what it could be, right? If it's If you call out in the name of God, right? All this, all the, the, the reasons that people give. To use Hebrew and not use some other other vernacular, al kedushat ha'safa mitkablim heim. They are good. 
אבל כולם אינם קיים צירופים אל הכלל. All of those things only come together with the rule שהוא תכונת השקפת עולמה בכללה. So I say, I say, it seems to me that this is the, like it's like uh, geometry, calculus. Geometry, calculus. Even if you didn't study math, I'm going to make it easy. What, is he, what do you ask in geometry? Yes, how long is it? What's the volume of it? Uh, you could ask it about different kinds of shapes, but that's the, that's the idea of geometry. Calculus is about getting there. It's about the motion of getting to where you're getting. If you have this and you have that, what are you going to get if you do it? That's calculus. The Ramban and the Rambam, they were geometry. The Ramban said, the Ramban said, well, uh, there are certain mitzvot that you have to do, right? The Rambam said, the Rambam said, well, there are certain words that you don't want to use, right? That's like, you can define those things very clearly. What did Rav Kook say? Rav Kook said, you have to make Lashon HaKodesh. It's not Lashon HaKodesh unless you make it. How are you going to make it? According to what he said. Well, you've got to see it. It's got to be there. It's got to be there for you. And if it's there for you, it's Lashon HaKodesh. And if it's not there for you, it's not Lashon HaKodesh. That was the, that was the innovative uh, 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 statement of Rav Kook, I think. I mean, when I say innovative, I don't mean that I've read everything else I've written in the world. But I think that this is a nice idea, that Rav Kook's idea is helpful. Right? It, it's, it's helpful to say that Rav Amtanot is a potential. It's not about the fact that we are that way, but it's the fact that we could be that way. Right, that's Rabbam Tana Mikol Shalot. That in the language, the Hebrew language, it could mean either. It could mean either. If I tell you, if somebody tells you that Rabbam Tana Mikol Shalot means that's what could be, that's what you can become. So I think that uh, that you you'd accept that. It's a, it's a reasonable uh, interpretation. Rabbam Tana Mikol Shalot could mean like the Ramban or the Rambam. We are the way we are. And it could be, like Rav Kook, we have the potential to become more than it seems that we are. And that would be the, uh, that would be the, the, uh, okay, have a good Shabbos. Thank you.